One of the greatest convictions of sin that the Holy Spirit confronts the world with is that they have not truly believed in Jesus Christ, in who He is, in the Lord of the universe. As a part of the Holy Trinity of God, Jesus Christ is God. He is Lord. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. We'll be looking today at the ministry of John the Baptist. John was the most important person in all of history, second only to Jesus Christ. John was truly chosen by God before his birth. His ministry was foretold centuries before his coming to the world. This makes him and his ministry truly unique and special. What we will see is that his ministry still lives today and that what he came to do is absolutely necessary for salvation. The message of God through John the Baptist should be an integral part of every person that desires to attain eternal life through Jesus Christ. Today's message is inspired on the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 57 to 80. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, Mighty God, creator of heaven and earth. Blessed and honor and glory be to you, O Lord, for you are truly good and merciful in every kind of way imaginable. Heavenly Father, we praise you and we worship you, O Lord, because you are good. I pray, Holy Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you please forgive my sins. Lord, I understand your forgiveness, but you desire that we continue to repent and convert from all of our sins. As King David once said, Lord God, that our sin is always before me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O God, for your guidance. I pray for the enlightening of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, in all of our lives. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may help us to understand truly your desire, your will, and that you desire for us, Lord God, to be repentant and to always convert with all of our hearts to you. Heavenly Father, help us to be sensitive to you, O God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today's key passage reading can be found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 57 to 80. This is the word of the Lord. Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. His mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. But they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So they made signs to his father what he would have him called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, saying, His name is John. So they all marveled. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, praising God. Then fear came on all who dwelt around them. And all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts, saying, What kind of child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, 
to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. So the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. All those who serve the Lord have an important role in God's plan, but John the Baptist's ministry is the most significant in all of history. If there ever was an elected or chosen person by God, it would have been John the Baptist. For instance, John's ministry was integral to the fulfillment of Messianic prophecies. John's ministry was foretold over 700 years before Christ's coming. One of the clearest prophecies that reveals John's ministry can be found in Isaiah chapter 40, where it says, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her, that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The purpose of John's ministry was to prepare the way for the Lord. His work through the Holy Spirit was to prepare people's hearts, to make them ready to listen, to take in what the Lord was going to share with the multitudes. Jesus himself gave testimony of who John was. In Matthew chapter 11, it says, As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it was written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there is not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Now that we understand John's role, what was his message? What did he talk about? Well, in Matthew chapter 3, it gives us even more insight where it says, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and with food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not think to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. 
For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones, and even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. John's message was a simple one, yet probably the most challenging for people to accept. He preached about repentance and conversion, about a complete change. He taught that a transformation was necessary for people to stop doing what was wrong, to turn from their evil ways. We see throughout the passages that speak of him, from Isaiah to the gospel passages that reveal his message. He warned that if there was no true change, that they would be consumed by an unquenchable fire, which is hell itself. God's judgment was on its way, and no matter who people thought they were, that it didn't even matter that they were children of Abraham, they would suffer God's judgment if they did not turn from their evil ways. Now, John the Baptist's ministry was key because this wholehearted repentance and conversion needed to happen to be ready for the Messiah's coming and message, for when Jesus would come to reveal himself physically to the world. This is extremely important and necessary even until this day because there can be no salvation without repentance and conversion. God will not save anyone who has not first repented and converted with all of their heart to the Lord. It's conditional to salvation. It's a requirement. A person can confess and profess to have faith in Christ all they want, but if they don't repent and convert fully and completely from all of their sins, there is no salvation, no eternal life, no immortality. Acts chapter 3 verse 19 to 20 tells us this, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before. So we see that the blotting out or erasing of sin, if you will, occurs through this repentance and conversion. That is what prepares the way of the Lord into people's hearts. This is what a lot of people miss. Many so-called preachers, teachers, and ministers of the word teach that all you need is faith and to believe in Jesus, and that's it, that you are saved. And that is certainly not what the Bible teaches. If that were the case, that would invalidate John's ministry completely. There would be no purpose for his coming, for his message, for his preparing of the Messiah's way. Repentance and conversion are the very first things that need to take place in a person's life so they can, in fact, be born again, so they can be saved. Jesus himself said this at the beginning of his recorded public ministry. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And so faith in Christ and believing in the gospel should come after repentance. There is a precise order to the things that need to take place in a person's life. And why is that important? Because quite simply, God is holy and the Lord cannot come into a heart that is still contaminated with sin. Repentance and conversion do not make us perfect, nor is that the implication at that initial moment. 
But having that initial change of heart is what makes the washing away of our sins possible because through the ministering of the Holy Spirit, we have understood that we have done it all wrong and that we need to total and complete forgiveness, not just partial forgiveness. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 to 10 tells us more exactly the importance of acknowledging and confessing all of our sins before God, where it says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. It's quite simple. At least the concept is very simple. The Apostle John is very blunt and concise in his teaching. He tells us quite simply that if we don't acknowledge our sin, we're only lying to ourselves and that God's truth is not in us. And he goes even further, that if a person does not want to accept the responsibility of having sinned, that they make God a liar, and that is a big problem. God, through the Holy Spirit, telling someone they have done wrong and that they need to change, and for that person to tell him, no, I don't agree with you, with what you're telling me. Can you imagine how hard a person's heart must be to tell God Almighty himself that he is wrong and that they have done it all right? Yet that happens all of the time. In the best of cases, many times, people acknowledge some fault or responsibility for their wrong actions, for their sins. But most of the time, there is some reservation still left somewhere. There is like this 95% repentance if you had to put a number on it. Even though 95 seems like a good number, there is still a part of a person that is telling God himself, no, you are wrong. And that is a problem. One of the main functions of the Holy Spirit of God is to help bring this total and complete repentance and conviction of sin, to help a person understand that they need to repent and convert fully and completely to the Lord, unconditionally, without any kind of reservations, without any justifications, ultimately, without any kind of pride. John chapter 16 tells us this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. One of the greatest convictions of sin that the Holy Spirit confronts the world with is that they have not truly believed in Jesus Christ, in who he is, in the Lord of the universe. Jesus Christ is not just only the begotten Son of God. He is not just the Savior of the world. He is not just a prophet or a teacher. As a part of the Holy Trinity of God, Jesus Christ is God. He is Lord. And according to God the Father himself, he needs to be acknowledged as such for complete salvation. He will be acknowledged as such in the end by everyone, for even Satan and all of his dark forces will be made to bow down before the reality of Jesus Christ, before everything that is evil is eternally condemned and never to be free ever again. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7 declares literally Jesus Christ is part of the Trinity where it is written, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. 
You may not see this in your Bible if you're using a more modern version or translation, which is a topic for another message. But that is what is written in the original text regarding Jesus Christ, that he is the word that John spoke of about at the beginning of his gospel, where he wrote, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. This is who Jesus Christ is, and who he needs to be acknowledged as. And Philippians chapter 2 tells us the following also. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That is the reality that the Holy Spirit conveys, the greatest conviction of sin that needs to take place, that people need to turn with all of their hearts to acknowledge and accept the reality of Jesus Christ in their lives. That is the main sin they need to repent and convert from so that true salvation can happen, so they can be forgiven, transformed, redeemed, and inhabited by God himself. This is what Jesus said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. And so without this keeping of the Lord's word in our lives, without this true acceptance of the things of God, there is no love from the Father. And this we that Jesus talks about, this holy trinity that comes into a person's heart will not occur. True belief, true faith in Christ is taking in completely and fully everything he says, everything we need to accept, starting with true repentance. This is also what the Bible says about true faith in Christ. John chapter 3 verse 36 says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. That is the type and depth of belief that we need to have. But if there is this partial acceptance, this partial repentance and conversion, even if it's this 95% that we were talking about before, then the wrath of God still abides upon a person. There is no washing away of all the sins. There is no redemption. There are many, many people that come very close, but they're still not there. And the Lord continues to give them the opportunity to come to true faith in Christ by giving them physical life. That is the extent of God's mercy. Every moment God extends a person's life is an opportunity to come to true faith in Christ. And so ultimately, what does true faith in Christ look like? What should John the Baptist's ministry and message of repentance and conversion bring about? Perfection? Not at first. But what it should render in a person's life is a progressive change that culminates in a complete transformation as a person feels compelled to follow Jesus Christ as the effective and literal Lord of their lives where there is complete surrender, obedience, and finally, love for the Lord. 
True repentance and conversion to the Lord is the very thing that initiates this eternal journey with the Lord God Almighty Himself. It's about making the decision of turning away from all sin, leaving everything that is wrong behind, and deciding to turn to Christ with everything that we are. That is what makes possible becoming one with Him and abiding in that decision to continue changing, to be made perfect in Jesus Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit and the washing of the Word of God. That is the complete significance and goal of God through the ministry of John the Baptist. And each person that wants to truly be saved needs to embrace this with all their heart. Complete repentance and conversion are necessary. The importance of the ministry of John the Baptist and its meaning when John was physically on earth has the same meaning now. The baptism that John practiced was of repentance and conversion. People back then would get baptized publicly by being completely immersed in water, thereby signifying that they were repenting and converting from all their sins, dying to self. But now, that baptism is shown to God and to the world through a complete turning away from sin as the initial step to acknowledging and accepting Jesus Christ as a Lord of a person's life. This is what should happen when a person comes to true faith in Christ. It is not just about saying that you're sorry for your sins. It's certainly not about confessing some sins and justifying others. It is about asking God the Father to forgive all sins, the ones that we are conscious about and the ones that we are not fully aware of. That's why a person should just repent and convert completely, fully, 100% from everything wrong they have done. And by acknowledging sin completely, making a conscious decision to turn away from it with all of the heart, it's like making a 180 degree turn, a U-turn if you will, that at one moment going on a direction to hell and eternal perdition and turning completely away from that path and on to a new course towards the Lord Himself. That is the ultimate problem that sin brings about, whether we realize it or not. If we don't turn away completely from sin, we are in a course that leads directly to eternal death. Just as the Word says, for the wages of sin is death. We earn death if we don't repent and convert from all of our sins. Our reward for sin is eternal separation from God. For it says also, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the soul who sins shall die. The Son shall not bear the guilt of the Father, nor the Father bear the guilt of the Son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. This is the ultimate message of God himself to everyone that is willing to listen. Say to them, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live, Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die? That is the message of God the Father through the ministry of John the Baptist. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, help us to understand and acknowledge, Lord God, ultimately your message. Because John the Baptist didn't create that message. You gave him that message because it is your message to all mankind. You gave him that ministry. Heavenly Father, and that is what your Holy Spirit intends to carry out even till this day. 
that Lord God, that man needs to repent and convert from all of their sins, Lord God. That there is no justification for the wrongs that we do. There is no excuse. And Lord God, you are so loving and faithful and good that all you require is for us to understand what we're doing and to turn away from it. Help us, O Lord God, Heavenly Father, to be able to have soft hearts before you, before the message of your Holy Spirit, to, Lord God, feel that conviction, O Lord, and to be, to Lord God, to just be attentive to your will, to your ways, and to desire to turn away. And that, Lord, that to understand that your Holy Spirit will continue to work in our lives, to be able to shed those things that aren't good for us. Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, to be able to be soft and sensitive to you, Lord God, and not to justify the wrong things that we do. Lord God, I pray for your mercy on us. Please, Lord God, continue giving opportunity for salvation. Lord God, because we need it. Because, Lord God, you are the only one that can give us eternal life through Jesus Christ. I give you thanks and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.